Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to another Yellow Army podcast on a bright, sunny January day in South Devon. Are you well, Richard? I'm well. It's beautiful out there, isn't it? The, uh, yeah. the paint and office is lit up by the, uh, the brightest of blue skies. It's lovely, isn't it? It's an absolute cracking day. Yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to football involving Talker United over the next few days. Two games to preview for you on uh, this week's podcast. Absolutely. Two quick games in succession after two weeks off. And two games that we we kind of need to redress the balance because they didn't go well for us earlier in the season, these two fixtures no, there. No, actually, I have to admit, it, it hadn't clicked that we were playing the team that beat us on the first day of the season yeah. until Gary mentioned it in the interview. So, um, yeah, that would be interesting. Chat to Gary uh, yep. this week as well. A little bit later on, we'll be wishing a happy birthday to uh, a short-lived Talker United manager. Oh, not short-lived, he's 58 today. Wow. But he was his time at Plainmore was short-lived. Interesting times, though, at Plainmore. And we'll talk about a couple of great games at Buckland this week. We've had our football fix yep, this week, you, despite we, Talker You went nonsense. to both, I went to one, so you... Uh, yeah. Great. You've been getting out and get, getting out there again, uh, guy. That's that's, <laughs> that's entertainment, as they say. But uh, in the usual format of these podcasts, you have had a chat with Gary this bright and sunny morning. He's I on have. his way to the training ground. He was driving at the time. I'm sure he's hands free. Um, I don't want to get the gaffer into trouble. No, no. Um, and uh, yeah, he was on his way to the training ground, uh, ready to, uh, to 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 get the team even even further mm. closer to the. The big game on Saturday. And it, there's there's good news on the injuries front. Everybody's fighting fit. Nobody touch wood has gone down. Well, I think he used the term fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, at the moment, he said, as I'm driving in. Well, I'll let 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 him tell you. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Well, let's let's do the classic thing then. We'll be back on the other side of Gary Johnson. Hi, Gary. Thank you for joining us on the podcast again. Um, I spoke to you earlier on in the week for the paper, and you you gave us a. A clean bill of health. Um, and I've been thinking about it since. It's probably not happened that, that often this season, is it, that you've had a, a full squad to work yeah. with? Uh, it's never not happened once. No. Uh, it's the only time it's happened. And obviously, we've still got a couple of training sessions left, so we keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. But, um, it's, I mean, obviously, the football world all over, every, every club is having these sort of problems. And especially with COVID as well, because if... If one goes down, then you can bet your life there's somebody else who's got to self-isolate. Um, so it's been very difficult to, for any team, really, uh, as well as us, to uh, you know fill a, the same team week in, week out. So it's uh, it's pretty even as far as that's concerned. But it depends on whether they're your top, the top players who affect the game more. Of course, it's, <laughs> or it's who whether it's, they're yeah, like, yeah. It's who it is. Yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly. Um, I, I guess there's, there's as much talking done over this two weeks as there is sort of football, you know, on the pitch. Yeah, well, a bit of both. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you do your talking, you know, while they're on the pitch, of course. Um, you know, where you try and get your, your shape and your pattern and, you know, uh, get your, your principles in and your strategy. 
you know, the whole time we've been building up for this game. It has yeah. been like a mini sort of pre-season, like it would be in the build-up, like we did before. Walteringham yeah. was a, a long build-up. Uh, well, not long, but because it wasn't long enough. But anyway, it was a, a couple of week build-up. Yeah. And, yeah, and we, did, a... we didn't get a great result that time. So we're going to have to make sure that, um, you know, this time we get a better result against, against them. Their, their form hasn't been the best in, in, in the run-up to this game, has it? But you won't take them lightly at all. Well, no. I mean, there's only, a, you know, probably one or two teams in our league that, you know, you, you could say are struggling. Um, all teams are one of those teams that are difficult sometimes to play against. They can put in a great performance like they did against us. Mm-hmm. And then... The following week, they can put in a poor performance. Um, you know, that's the level. That's that's the way they are. It's the way a lot of teams are. Other than the, you know, the lads at the top that have shown a consistency all through the season. But um, no, we definitely won't take them lightly because every team's got at least a player or two that can change a game. And you know, it's those ones that you have to obviously keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, after two weeks off, you've got a game next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we have. That's how it, you know, that's how it works sometimes. But uh, you know, hopefully, if, if everybody does stay fit, we'll have a big enough squad uh, to cope with that. Um, nobody wants to play one game and then be left out of the Tuesday anyway. You know, to be fair, yeah. they, they all want to play yeah. in those games. And and if you can get a result at Altrincham, then. You, you don't really want to be changing much anyway, unless there's a knock to somebody. So, um, yeah, with it, I mean, that should, uh, they're both big games for us because at yeah. the moment we need to put a run together. And, and as soon as that sh- can start, I mean, we've been in a decent run, to be fair, our last six games. I think we picked up 13 points, something like that. Um, so that's just a little bit more than two points a game. And we need to keep that going for the rest of the season. Um, so, you know, we've been working very hard to get our uh, tactics and, and, and our game percentagely ready, if you like. You know, we can't afford to take, to give a, too many goals away. We've got to score more goals uh, if we can, although we've scored, you know, we haven't had trouble in um, no. scoring goals. But, uh, you know, we've got to make sure we don't let any in. And it's, uh, you know, just homing in on things that we got to improve on. That's sort of what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Now, I know you're always looking at players because that, that's the role of a manager, isn't it? Just to keep an eye on who's available just in case, etc. But um, yeah. have, have you have you had your eye on any loan players and uh, and tried to get anyone and, and not been successful? Or are you with the squad as it is at the moment and the, and the health of it at the moment? Are you happy? Uh, you, well, me and Dan, you know, we talk every day on... Yeah. on people that we need to watch and Pete, you know, we have a, a management group that we speak every almost every day. Uh, there's players coming in to us by the hundreds yeah. at the moment from agents. Yeah. Um, and then we have to pick and choose the ones that we, we think are, are interesting. And then you follow them up. But they're not just sending them to you. They're probably sending them to every other, you know, league clubs and yeah. national league clubs, you know. So, um and then every now and again, you come up with somebody that wants somebody, the same where somebody's in, interested. Yeah. yeah, but we, to be fair, we, you know, we we've done all right um, with, with that side of it. 
um, and we do our own work um, and we try and get the, the, the right players for the, you know, the positions that we need. There's obviously, um, you know, you, you don't want to overdo any one position mm. and, and then just trying to keep improving. And we're doing that. I mean, you know, we, we, we've had a, uh, a couple of loans and, you know, Steve Mourne's come in after um, Jack Sparks. Uh, so, you know, that, that was good. And we're interested in a couple at the moment that uh, is hopefully on the go and that could sort of happen at any time. Right. Okay. Well, that, that, that's great, Gary. Thank you very much. I think, um, no I think we're all looking forward to a bit of football on Saturday. Yeah, nice. Us too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and good luck at oh. Altrincham. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Appreciate Gary. It. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. Good to hear from Gary. Good to hear that the squad's in, in good nick, Rich. Clean bill of health, fingers crossed. So that Nothing means... happens between now and, uh, you know. So that means the players who had missed a game or two, Armani Little, uh, Tom Lapsley, Jury Johnson, Byron Moore... We're all, all available at the all moment as we speak. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, you know, um, that gives the gaffer some choices to make. So, I mean, but, I mean, it's been two weeks since the last game. You wouldn't, ex- you wouldn't necessarily expect him to look at the the lineup from the Dagenham game and go, "Oh, they did well. Uh, let's not change the team because two weeks is two weeks." Is the you know the form changes within training and etc. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting. Line-up decision to make. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, there's, like I said to him, I'm sure there's quite a lot of talking going on. Him and uh, Aaron Downs will be discussing what to do. Yeah, and it's a strange period for us, this, isn't it? Because after the two games coming up this week, mm-hmm. there's another gap. There is, and I, I was going to mention that, and I never got round to it. But um, you know, it, it is an odd one. It, the, the Macclesfield withdrawal at the start of the season has caused so, yeah. at least two gaps in our Saturdays. Um, and the FA trophy, the FA trophy exit <laughs> caused another one. Now, sometimes when that happens, um, you're able to, to to bring some yeah. away games, uh, home games for away for away teams. I know what I'm trying to I say. Know, I yeah. know. What you're trying. So so game, long distance yeah, games yeah, on a Tuesday yeah. night for for other teams isn't great, and sometimes yeah. they'll fill the void on a Saturday instead of wanting to. To, to, to travel on a on, on a Tuesday or, or vice versa. Talk, he might want to go somewhere on a Saturday. So um, that normally happens to fill yeah. the voids and then you just lose a couple of Tuesday night games which no one notices. But you certainly notice it when you've had three Saturdays off in the last, what, it'll be about two months, won't yeah. it? Yeah, it's very strange. Very strange. Well, you mentioned Macclesfield, by the way. There's um, on the BBC iPlayer, there's a very good documentary which I haven't seen yet, but I have <coughs> recommended to me about Robbie Savage at yeah. Macclesfield. It's yeah. supposed to be pretty good. You're not in, not I impressed. love all these things where people try and make money out of football by, yeah, by making documentaries. Disney for Disney for, for Wrexham and uh, Savage for Macclesfield. It's yeah. about that's about right. Isn't yeah. It? You're <laughs> well, I'm going. I'm going to give it. I mean, Robbie, Robbie says the uh, Prince of look, Wales. Look, anyway. if it, if it, if Talkie were involved in something like this, I'm sure I'd be quite happy. <laughs> but um, I, I'm just such an old cynic about this rubbish. <laughs> well, it happened with the Manchester United lads as well, didn't it? At, yeah. Um, at Salford. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, yeah. But yeah, it's, I'm told it's very good, so I'm going to have a little watch of that. Yeah. Um, some there's another one as well, isn't there? I'm sure there's another one. My friend Mike has been telling me to watch that that Macclesfield one, but 
You're not convinced. No, not convinced. You're going to hold. There's far too much good stuff on telly to bother with that. You're going to hold that for Wrexham instead. Yeah. Ozark's back today. Is it? Yes. Is it? <laughs> Ozark is good. Oh, it's tomorrow. 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 Gritty stuff. We'll, we'll maybe give you TV recommendations a little bit later on <laughs> because let's talk about football then. Let's talk about Altrincham. Yeah, let's talk about Altrincham. Yeah. Uh, long trip to Altrincham. I can't think of Altrincham without thinking of um, a Frank Sidebottom. <laughs> I hadn't thought of Frank Sidebottom for a long, long no, time. No, no, no. Um, they beat us 3 1. If, if, if you don't know who Frank Sidebottom is, by the Happy way, Mache Google. Google. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Sivey. <laughs> he, was his, from, um, he was from Altrincham. Yeah, yeah. Or Timpany. Um, they beat, let's get back onto the subject, Richard. They beat us 3 1 on the opening day of the season. Um, coming back. It was an own goal, was our goal. It was a poor performance, as far as I remember. It was an eye opener, wasn't it? Because we was. all expected to. I mean, you know, there'd been, there'd been some changes, but I don't think we expected the changes to make as much difference as no. they did. Um, and that became clear after after the start of the season. After a month, you're thinking, okay, yeah, the, we yeah. have lost some bloody decent players here, and uh, and maybe they haven't been replaced with ready-made fits. Um, the, 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 those players that have come in will hopefully eventually turn into the players that we lost, but there was no way they were going to be the players that we lost straight no. away. And so we, that that kind of that kind of set set the scene for the the season, didn't it? Then and we'd done well in pre season as well. Yeah, I mean, the pre season was odd because it was so late being organised and and the the league team. Well, we played Plymouth when they were just tapering, ready for the the start of their league season. It was we a very weird start. You forget how weird that pre season was because yeah. we finished so late. When we were the last last team to finish in the world, I think, for a football season. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then we had about, what was it, a month and a half before yeah. before the new season started, yeah. which is uh, extraordinary when you think about it. I mean, a lot of extraordinary things have happened in the last couple of years. And, 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 and someone said on the radio the other day, um, imagine, imagine talking through what's happened... Yeah. Over the last couple of years, to someone three years ago, and saying this is this is what the world's going to be facing. That's very you, true. You, you, very you, true. You'd, you'd almost put it down to science fiction, but um, you know, uh, football. This season has been shaped by the end of last season. Oh, and it has. And the Solihull next. Especially season. sorry, especially the end of last season, because yeah. if we had gone up, um, we'd be in the league with the players that left. That 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 ended up leaving. We would. And Lucas Kovalan probably yeah. be getting, would be getting sent off for us instead of getting sent yeah. off the ball back up for us. Another yeah, red yeah. card for Lucas last week. There's some very, very entertaining stuff on social media from Port Vale fans. But I'm not going to go into that. Um, Tuesday night at Playmore is Solihull Moors. Mm-hmm. We have a Tuesday under the lights mm. at Playmore. Which seems like up. an age ago since there was a Tuesday night at home. Absolutely. I can't remember when it was. Ready for an absolute freezing up there. That's, oh, it's it's Tuesday cold. nights tend to uh, be fun, pretty it's cold. It's funny, last there. game... We did at home uh, Saturday, which would have been Dagenham. It was quite cold, wasn't it? Chilly. And I yeah. just remember sitting yeah. there thinking, oh, oh when's, the ne- when's the first Tuesday nighter? And here it comes. And here it comes. I'm going to wear my gloves, Guy. And I'm going to wear a hat and <laughs> a massive coat. Yeah. And I'm going to wear I'm going to wear thermals. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm not, but my mum will tell me, have you got your short thermals on? And I leave John. the house. Take a thermos, <laughs> a thermos flask for half time. Um, Solihull Moors beat us 2-1 up there on September the 14th. Uh, Clyde Lolos got mm-hmm. the goal for us that mm-hmm. night. Uh, that actually marks, if you look at the league tables, and I know it was early in the season, but it marks the lowest point of our season. We played six games at that okay. point. We won one, we beat Maidenhead, drawn one, 
lost four. Yeah. We were minus eight on the goal difference by then, right. and we were twentieth in the league. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? There, there, there are a couple of points this season where you, we, we, we've had some really bad results, and you thought, oh, this is the turning point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite been the turning not point. Not quite. But so it never got any worse after the Solihull okay. Moore game, Moore's game, put it that way. Fine. We gradually began to steady the ship, picked up a few points. Um, and <clears> you know, although we haven't played for a while, we're not on a bad run at all. No, I no. Know. I mean, I think Gary said 13 points from six games. I think that's what he said and without checking, double checking. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... Um, was it three wins in four games followed by a draw? It is That's the, not bad. The double I mean, over the oval. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a long time ago now, but these the, are our most recent games. And the Dagenham game, which again... The Eastleigh game was the only... Was it, yeah. That, that was, Lost loss, wasn't it? That yeah. was the only disappointment yeah. of that run. And, and, you know, hey, that's not bad. If, not if bad. that's the way that the season's going to go from now on, then you've got a chance. Gary said in uh, uh, the piece that I did in the, on, for the back page of the paper on Saturday... On Tuesday, <laughs> can't get my, I don't know what's wrong with me You're today. A terrible morning yeah. this one. More caffeine. That's what yeah. you need. Um, he said um, two points a game is is what you need. An yeah. average of two points a game, and I know you can't physically get two points a game, but we, no, we, we know are what he means. Average that way. Um, yeah. And that will see them get into the playoffs. So that's what they're aiming to do. And uh, if you look at those last five games or so, that is two points a game. Yeah. I mean, a couple of wins this week. Altrincham will be hard to beat. Yeah, you know, Altrincham are decent side. Oh, but they're on a they're on a bad run. I they're did raise that run. with Gary, but yeah. he didn't seem to want run. to be too no, 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 no. too swayed by my argument that they're on a bad run. So therefore, we're going to stop them. No, <laughs> he wasn't. No, he's too long that's in not the, the way, tooth that's to fall not the way for that. he was thinking. Um, but yeah, I mean that'll be a tough game. Solihull Moor, they're, they're two tough games. But boy, if we could pick up six points, if we could pick, even pick up four points from these two games. Mm. Like you say, that's I'd take the four target. points now, but I'd love, yeah. love, love six, six points. Good. That'd be great, yeah. Um, but then you know, Solihull Moors are a funny one, aren't they? Because because they're not traditionally a massive club, and you know, I I used to think about them playing seven league football and stuff, or, yeah, or whatever, yeah. middle league football or whatever it was. Um, you 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 don't you don't get fearful of them do you no, do you know you what don't. I mean you don't no, get no. the fear of them where maybe you should do I mean uh, once upon a time we used to have that with Boreham Wood now you don't like playing Boreham Wood that's true I mean they, the Solihull Moors are a rock solid club and they will always surprise people mm. and pick up points um, but I mean the way Gary's got this team playing and a fully fit goal squad you go into this weekend with quite a bit of confidence I yeah think. absolutely so it's, 4-0 yeah 4-0 yeah. 4-0 well, 4-0 uh, 3 0 4 0. 3 0 4 0. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You heard it here first. I'll do the goal scorers if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of goal scorers, a lot of chat this week about Sinclair Armstrong. Yep. Uh, three goals in nine games yep. for Torquay. On Not even featured period. for QPR yet, though. Uh, has been on the bench for an FA Cup game, but hasn't yeah. been on the bench since for the league games. There's loads of speculation about where he might end up. Yeah. I mean, there were stories this week linking him with a move to Manchester City. Where are these stories coming from, guy? Oh, they're coming from the play. They're coming from the ether, the social media ether, yeah. where stories come from. Is there any any weight to them? Do you think? No, right, none whatsoever. Okay. But that doesn't mean that we can't talk about. It. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We we talk about lots of stuff with no weight behind it. <laughs> floating facts, yeah. yeah. Weightless floating facts. I mean, Manchester City, they would presumably then farm him out to some yeah. German club. And if, he, if he's lucky, he'll like get that. a game when he's 24 for, for the end. Yeah. <laughs> for, 
That is, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous move. Get into the QPR first team first. The last thing that he needs is under-23 football. Yeah. I was thinking about it this morning, actually, because I knew this, this subject would come up because I saw it online. Um, he loves playing football. You, yeah. If anyone that has been at Talk United in the last however long, you can see that they love playing football. Yeah. It's, it's Sinclair Armstrong. His reaction after that first game when he scored his first goal. Absolutely. Um, stuff, you know, stuff the did, ball up the front Gary of Gary thought he'd, he'd yeah. move to you know, America because he, <laughs> he didn't see him again um, for about 25 minutes because he was, he was still partying with, uh, yeah. with, with, with the fans. The reaction um, is last, what turned out to be his last game when... Um, uh, Dan Holman scored that goal. You yeah, can see the reaction because yeah. he peels away and he's 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 again he's, he's, fist he's, bumping with the fans yeah. and you know you can tell he loves playing football, loves scoring goals, loves doing the right thing. Looks like a listener. Yeah. You know he was already slightly developing. I mean our our good friend Dave Thomas said didn't he that that he wished he QPR had just given him another month because you could yeah. see the development that yeah. was happening under Gary. And QPR would have got the benefit of that. Yeah, as absolutely. Well. It, was, it, yeah. Seemed a, it seemed a strange decision not to, to let him stay around. Yeah. But they obviously had plans to loan him out somewhere else. That's not happened yet. So why didn't you just leave him with us? And the, the last thing he needs, Richard, is under 23 football. Oh, he need, that he, doesn't he needs, make you any better. It makes no, you worse. He needs to play in front of crowds, yep. which you don't get. Yeah. He and he would have loved that playing in front of big crowds. Yeah, you know, he, those oval games. He, he, yeah. he didn't play the first one, the second one up there. I mean, he would have loved that. Yeah, but and he but he needs to be bouncing off tackles. He needs the yeah. physical side of the game. He needs yeah. to be playing on some boggy old pitches, which is why he's not going to get that at QPR no. in the under twenty threes. Obviously, he would get it in the in the, the the first team if he managed to get that far. He certainly is not going to get it for a long time at Manchester City. No, he's not. But the other club that he's been linked to, which I think would be a better move, and apologies to um, a friend of mine who's a massive Rangers fan, but he's been linked with Celtic. Yeah. Now, Celtic. <coughs> well, my, my, my stepson's a Rangers fan, and one of my stepsons is married to a Celtic fan. So there we go. So you've got, you've got all the bases yeah. covered. If he went to Celtic and ended up playing in the Celtic B team, they play in the Lowland League. Do they? Well, I okay. have a certain amount of expertise in the Lowland yeah. League because I do... Played? No, no. Oh, I, oh. I, take, I do a prediction game and okay. Lowland League matches. Celtic B and Rangers B both play in the Lowland League, right. which is a proper muck and nettles football yeah. league. Yeah. Um, Celtic and Rangers are not top of that, by the way. Okay. Bonnie Rig Rose are top of that, the team that uh, Sean Connery used to play for. But that's another story. Bonnie Rig Roche. <laughs> See, I wasn't going to do the Sean Connery impression. <laughs> Nor I, did I, I don't think. I'll let you do that. But that would be a great place for him because he would be playing week Yeah, that week seems out. a bit grittier, doesn't it? Proper football. Um, Celtic have a great tradition of bringing young players through. Um, I, think that's the good, I think that's the move for him. If they're not going to put him out on loan to Wickham or somewhere like that, Bung him up to Celtic and yeah. let him have the rest of the season up there. He's bound to end up somewhere on loan, isn't he? Um, he is. I, it, yeah. the, the loan the loan transfer window closes after the transfer window, doesn't I think it? it does. So there's yeah. a yeah. there's a little bit of a gap. If he doesn't go before January the thirtieth or whatever it is, then then I'm sure there'll be a a bit more time. But um, it's just there's no point in him being at QPR not being in the first yeah. team. There is yeah. no point in him being at. Man City. You're wasting a talent there. Yeah. You, you, you've you got a Ferrari and you're keeping it in the garage. There was a there was a player, and I can't remember which team it was, so apologies for my 
my, my scant facts. But there was a player who came on for a team last week. Uh, it, it, we were in big teams, sort of like Chelsea or Man City. Okay. Who was 27 and was making his debut. Really? And he'd been with the club since he was a kid. It's hope for us, yeah. What the... Why, why <laughs> would you stay there? Because... Oh, I'm, I wouldn't... Unless want, it's for the cars. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to tar the, all the players with the same brush. But if you're getting paid reasonably big bucks to sit on the bench or play in the resi... He's not even been whatever. sitting on the bench. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I so mean, a, a proud footballer would want to be playing proper football, wouldn't they? He would, yeah. By the time you get... I'm sure, almost sure he was 27. He might be 26 or something like that, but... Or, or 22. No, he was, he was certainly yeah. late, mid-20s. Mid and you just think, you're wasting your time, mate. I mean, I know the money's probably very nice, but it's, I, don't, I don't get it. I no, don't get it. I don't. So let's hope that Sinclair Armstrong gets a good move yeah. before the end of the transfer Absolutely. window. Um, transfer window obviously only concerns league clubs, but if league clubs are interested in any of our players, they'll have to show their hand fairly soon. Haven't heard anything yet. No. Um, People keep on chatting about who's going, who's in the target, but I can't see any. I can't see any movement happening. No, I mean no, we, we we won't say the names. There's, there's possibly two players that would be attractive to to yeah. two players to 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 maybe even teams in the same league as us. Yeah. Um, but. I think there's more than that. I think there's three or four players in that. Squad. I think I think I think there's two that are immediately yeah. a concern. But apart from that, I think the rest. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we shall see what happens. Let's talk about Lubos Kubik. Lubos, Lubos Kubik. Kubik. Yeah, the uh, man that was is still is. is. He's 58 years old today. Happy birthday, Lubos. Happy birthday, Lubos. I always felt that Lubos got slightly unfairly tarred with the same brush as the gentleman whose name we don't mention. Well, he was his mate, wasn't he? Time. He was his mate. He was brought in. He said, um, this person is my friend and I've come to help him, he said, was yeah. the quote when he arrived. And it all went horribly, well, horribly he famously, wrong. after about a month, I was I was working for the Indy at the time and had left Talking United and was working at the Indy. Covered covered Talk United for the Indy during that whole yeah horrible period. Oh yeah, he famous. I mean, we it didn't go well. They didn't pick up results under Lubos. Uh, Mark uh, uh, Atkins had left, didn't he? Yeah. And he'd done all yeah. right, to be fair. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was tired with the long ball brush and all that business. Atkins yeah. football, but actually, he was a proper experienced manager who was mm. probably right for the setup at the time. Um. Lubosch came in, admitted about a month and a half later after the bad run of results that he'd been told that the f fourth division or third, it was third division, yeah, so yeah. division three of English football wasn't that hard, uh, wasn't aware of quite how competitive it was, wasn't aware of how big the teams were in it, uh, basically came with a blindfold on yeah, yeah. and pretty yeah. soon realised that uh, what he'd been told uh, yeah, you can you you can do this with coaching. You can you, you yeah. can get us out of the situation with coaching. Uh, didn't necessarily equate no. because you needed the players as well, yeah. and and, and need, there was no money for the players. Yeah. And you needed the contacts in the game. And you needed to get the contacts. The players. Yeah, there were none. Uh, he basically turned up in England thinking I can coach these ragtag bunch of players. No disrespect to the players that were around at the time, um, but 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 there've been so many managers and so much. Yeah. Strange stuff going on that um, 
you know, it wasn't a cohesive squad. And uh, he he was under the impression certain certain someone told him, oh, you just can come in. Yeah. I know you're a coach. You can coach these players yeah. to, to become winners. Because didn't that certain someone want to be director of football at one time? Yeah, uh, yeah. And that certain someone that we never mentioned the name of. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was November 2006 for our younger listeners. Um, Stop Lu- it. Lubos. Stop came. it. You know, Not that was. long ago. Two wins in 15 games before February 2007 yeah. when, um, when the management changed again. Everything changed again after that point. But if anybody was ever going to make a TV documentary that you would watch... Well, that would have been the one. Well, Lubos, I just had a bit of rudimentary uh, research. No, no, the, the TV Lubos documentary Kubik. I watch is the, is the whole period. The talking. I mean, yeah. I mean, I uh, obviously David Thomas covered it in the Herald Express, but I I did it every week in the yeah. indie, and um, at one point a couple of years ago, I went back and looked at those those particular stories, yeah. and and every week there was something new to and 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 mind blowing to write about. Oh, absolutely. I remember standing outside the, the area where the office is now after a game that we'd lost, one of the many games that we lost at that point, with notebook and pen in hand. Well, representatives of the fans and there were some familiar faces in there went in and you could it was that classic thing that it was a lit office and you could see but you couldn't hear people mm. shouting at each other mm. and the gentleman whose name we don't mention and the fans representatives were having a, a full and frank exchange of views mm. um and i interviewed them when they came out um the club owner did not comment wouldn't speak to me no he wasn't um, he wasn't uh, very forthcoming no. was he i mean he was when he wanted to put through his revolutionary new ideas yeah. which included a a photocopied booklet about uh, players being nice. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And wasn't he going to find players? He was going to find booked? players for, uh, who for diving. Yeah. It, it, the main thing was was the finding players for diving. That was more or less the rule. The right. talk that he wanted to introduce that the, the this whole rubbish document. I've still got it at home. I'm. Oh, I'll, you I'll need to yeah, re- resurrect that yeah. at some point. This whole document. Yeah, we should, we should do a whole podcast on that particular <laughs> document. Let's read it through. And there, I mean, there was some excellent journalism by colleagues of ours um, at the Herald Express, some of whom are still involved in local newspapers, some of whom <clears> have moved on. Um, but to, to expose and get to the bottom of um, what was behind mm. uh, the gentleman who took over the club short-lived and um, almost wrecked the thing. And of course, Mike Bateson, who had sold him the club, mm-hmm. uh, done his due diligence apparently, obviously he hadn't done it well enough, um, then turns out he had a little clause in the contract of the sale of the club where he could take it back if, uh, if yeah. certain things weren't going a certain way. So, you know, and then, and then that led to the, the takeover by the consortium. Yeah. And the rest, as they say, is history. But um, yeah, it, it was yeah. it was weird times. They were. I wonder where that person is now. Well, I, I have I have googled him. Yeah. And you can't really find him. I mean, you know, unless you unless you go deep Google, which uh, I can't bother to do. <laughs> um, I've just I've just invented a term. Deep Michael Google. Rosen would be absolutely proud of me. I was listening it's... to the Michael Rosen podcast last night about the invention of words. You've done a deep Google. Yeah, deep it's... Google. I'm sure someone else has come up with deep Google I'll before. 
just before we leave the subject of Lubos Kubik, just as, as I was just starting to say, then if anybody was going to make a documentary, tell you who's a big fan of of, 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 of Lubos Kubik. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting annoyed with me now, aren't you? Because <laughs> I've just interrupted about eighteen times in this podcast. Go I don't on. know why I'm so excited today. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, I Steve that. Harris is a massive fan of Lubos Kubik. Is because, he? Uh, for some reason, Frank, um, oh, Frankie Prince. Um, yeah. And him used to have a running in joke about Lubos Kubik. It went on for years after the uh, yeah. the, the, the manager had left. So yeah, he's, he's often he's often talking about <laughs> Lubos Kubik. So well, Steve, if you're listening, this one's for you. Well, Lubos was a good guy. When you spoke to him after games, it yeah. was difficult. He played in the World Cup. Oh, he played in the, in the 1990 World Cup. Got 56 caps for Czechoslovakia and then the Czech Republic. Mm. 13 goals. Played for various teams in Italy, Germany and the USA. But... What I was going to say was the <laughs> documentary that didn't get made about Lubos. I was just reading an article on the Derby Telegraph, one of our sister websites yeah. today, uh, about the time when he ended up sitting alongside Robert Maxwell at really? Derby because he and another player had apparently absconded from a training camp during pre-season training uh, and defected when they were playing for Sparta Prague back really? in the days when the Iron Curtain existed. Yeah. And according to the article on the Derby Telegraph, they were pursued across Europe by the KGB. Were they? And ended up in the welcoming arms of um, of Robert Maxwell. Well, of course, Robert Maxwell was Eastern European himself, wasn't he? he? Was, Hungarian. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, he, so he he and, and apparently was a spy at one point. I'm doing so the inverted yeah, commas are. and all that business. So, so that interesting stuff. Yeah. And so he ended up being, uh, and with the other player, being introduced to the press at Derby. Maxwell was convinced that he could get them for nothing. Right. Um, it turned out that he couldn't. I um, forgot he was at Derby, Maxwell, because yeah. obviously he was at Oxford, wasn't he? He, he was. He tried to... Tried to merge them with Reading to form the Thames Valley Royals. Wouldn't that have been lovely? <laughs> wouldn't that have been great? Um, but um, Lubos and the other player returned to Prague to face the music, apparently. Wow. And ended up playing for Fiorentina in Italy. Well, that's not so, so, not so bad, is it? Not so bad at all. He was obviously sprung <coughs> from um, from wherever he was. Yeah, but interesting what, character. What a fascinating story. I mean, obviously, we never had no, none of us had a chance to have a, sit down and have a gritty conversation no. with him. But I'm sure it would have been a nice one when they could get a, get get a, you know a nice hotel room with a. Well, oh, where am I going with this? No, no, as in a, a roaring fire in a hotel. Form, um, that yeah. escalated quickly. Yeah, it did. A roaring fire in a hotel sort of front room. Is <laughs> yes, the word yeah. I was looking for. I know what you mean. One of those. Whiskey and then, and then yeah. chat about uh, Czechoslovakian football with uh, Lubos Kubik. Be great, wouldn't Steve, it? Steve, you'd love it, wouldn't you? Great, great to get him on the podcast. Um, and before we go, we need to have a little word about Buckland and yeah, the games absolutely. that we've seen this week. The Sarni Army. Sarni of, Army. Of, of Egham. Sarni Army. They were very small. The smile on noisy. your face when that, that, <laughs> that, that chant started up. Because we'd already talked to them about being the, them being the Sarnies last week, hadn't we? Egham Sarnies. Egham yeah. Sarnies is where it comes from. And the smile on your face when they started singing Sarni Army was... Was a delight. It was great. It was a great game. Buckland won it by two goals to one. We saw two penalties. Yeah. We saw the woodwork hit at least Le twice. Also, two penalties that sh never should have been two penalties. Pe that never should have been penalties. We saw two red cards in the sin bin. Yeah. Uh, I won the draw. Yes. I won the halftime <laughs> raffle, which was excellent. And if I knew I was going to, we were walking back you towards the me. clubhouse. Yeah. I said, "We've got to get back to the clubhouse at halftime." Why? You said. I said, "Because I'm going to win the draw." Yeah. And well I did. done. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, 
but Buckland richly deserved that. It was a good game. Egham yeah, was decent. a proper hard game of football, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. There were tackles flying in. There was a, a good old punch up towards the end. Not that we condone such no, things. No. But it was hugely entertaining. Yeah. Homer's Heath, a great place to watch football. Uh, Buckland have been drawn away in the next round, though, haven't they? Yeah. Um, Against the team that you know. Newport Pagnell Town, who, I mean, in my, in my uh, years at uh, in Cambridgeshire, uh, they were in the same division as three or four of the teams that I covered up there. So yeah. I, I, I must have seen them quite a few times. Cycled past the ground as well when I rode, okay. rode down from uh, Northampton to London on the Grand Union Canal. Um, because it's near, yeah. it's near. Uh, well, you go, you the Grand Union goes through there and Milton Keynes and Newport Pagnell, and yeah. So, so it's one of the one of the places. On the, and I remember seeing the ground, um, but never got into it. But um, they are a di- that that level that football that that yeah. league football is a good standard. Yeah. Now you, you there are fourteen. I think they're trying to bring it down to twelve. I'm not sure if they got it down to twelve now, but they're. Uh, uh, of that's that level of football, Western League, United Counties League, Egmore yeah. in the combined counties league, and there's the Northern, you know, th- th- there's loads of them. Um, but they're what that 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 league is one of the better standards. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, when the draw was done on on uh, Talk Sport the other day, uh, Tony Ingenzo, who's Mister Non League on that radio station. Pointed out that the the southern li- the southern teams in that draw. Yeah. Are stronger really? than yeah. than the northern teams. Yeah. As long as you take North Shields out of the equation. <laughs> well, at least they didn't get drawn away at North Shields. Well, it it, it was regionalised, yeah. okay. which which is yeah. which is odd because I, can't, I don't think anyone really realised that it was because it's not normally re- regionalised at that that stage. And I think because obviously COVID, it was this year. Yeah. Um. But so so no one really realised it was regionalised, and so it, so the um I mean uh, Paul Froud, the Buckland manager, said to me after. Uh, after the win, you know that that he wanted a home draw against a a, te- a beatable team, which yeah. is a you know a, a good line. Um, while his, some of his players wanted to go to North Shields, they, yeah, they, yeah, they fancy an away day. Well, they've, they? they've got they, their away day now, that. so they'll they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll have an overnight stay. They've already confirmed that, so yeah, yeah that's great because obviously the team that is at home hosts the away team, yeah, and therefore you know they pay for their travel expenses. Egan were left with a, a little yeah. bit of a sour taste of their visit to Torquay, yeah. weren't they? Because their bus got broken into. Yeah, I was I was made aware early in the morning that their bus had overnight their bus had been broken into. Uh, it was a Torquay coach station. Yeah, um, they were at a hotel somewhere. I'm not sure in Torquay, and uh, police have obviously got involved. Um, I don't know what was stolen in the end. I was told at the start of the day, and this might well be true, but the, their kit was stolen. Yeah, so they were going to have to wear Buckland's away kit. Well, that didn't transpire. They did they wear their red their kit. Own, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, the police didn't allow them to to have uh, their coach back. Right. Um, so they actually yeah. ended up travelling to the game in taxis from Torquay. Okay. So yeah, and 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 certainly the coach wasn't at the ground at the end of the game. No. It hadn't turned up. Um, so I wonder if they had to go home in taxis as well, or whether the coach ended up. Picking them up from there, I don't know. Nightmare for um, them. The Paul Froud did say actually, and it's a nice point to, to make that although there was a bit of needle in the game, yeah, and they were a good team, and their number they four, were, the, the, yeah. the the big black guy in the middle, yeah. was was extraordinarily good at good spraying those balls yeah. around. It was a it was a very good showing from him, and there there are a couple of wingers as well that, mm. that were very good. 
Uh, they were determined to win that game um, and shocked, as uh, shocked as anyone else is, especially Dan Carter when his strike from the edge of the area went they, in. That came out of nothing, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was nothing. weird, yeah. The he ball was dropped almost in. stretching to get the ball, but yeah. he got a lovely contact with it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it no, work. it was great. But Paul Froud did say, especially after the sendings off that, that, um, that happened from the, from the melee yeah. at the end, they were great after the game. You yeah, know, the manager was was complimentary. The players were all shaking hands. They didn't spill over into anything no. afterwards. Good. So that's good. Glad to hear it. Uh, one other team who were still in the draw as well is Hamworthy, isn't it? Yeah. Team no, Sills I mean, team. I mean, I was willing for that to happen. Wouldn't it have been great? Uh, I mean, I mean, Buckland were the last team to come out of all sixteen yeah. uh, teams in the end because uh, the North draw was done first and the South draw, and Buckland were drawn away at Tunbridge as the last team to come out. But you just wanted them to, to, to get Ham, Hamworthy. Yeah. United, who obviously Tim Sills is a manager of. Um, didn't happen, but there's always the next there's round. There's always the next round. It would be great to get Tim Sills' team, wouldn't it? Down there. Uh, uh, Wembley. And, yeah. Tim Sills and Wembley. Oh, what? Oh, my oh. God. In, enduring image. What a day out. Oh, <laughs> Marvellous. Um, and Tuesday night, uh, Buckland against Brixham. Yeah, you went Devon to that Bowl. one. Yeah. Cracking game again. Buckland ahead twice. Brixham fought their way back into it. Um, as the second half went on, Brixham were getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Again, the p- <clears throat> pitch is heavy. Groundsman did terrific job. Ground staff, I should say, did terrific job to get that on because there's so much rain falling on that yeah, pitch. Yeah, absolutely. It was getting heavy towards the end, but it was a good game of football. Blood and Thunder cup tie. Perfect. Penalty shootout yeah. to decide it. Uh, my hero of the week is Andy Collins, mm-hmm. the goalkeeper at Buckland. He saved three of Brixham's first four penalties. Yeah, they weren't bad pens either. It was three one, wasn't it? The, yeah. the, when you see that, you know that someone's missed some penalties or uh, yeah, or, or saved some. But the, I mean, they weren't bad penalties. None of them were scuffed. They were pinged into the corners, and Andy Collins was just tremendous. Well, funny you should say that because when. Uh, um, Egham got their penalty in the second half uh, yeah. on Saturday. The people standing next to us are obviously uh, uh, people who go to um, Buckland a lot. You know, every 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 game, yeah. rather than us who just fly in when we can. You know, yeah. uh, part time supporters, blow ins. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone said, "Oh, Andy will save this. He's a he's a penalty saver." So he's obviously got a reputation already yeah. for that. He was he was great. Tuesday night and again that was a good atmosphere it was a tough hard game I stood with the Brixham boys which was nice standing with a couple of people that I used to play with 40 years ago um, so it was a bit all our yesterdays yes. uh, good atmosphere good game we've enjoyed our dip into the yeah, um, yeah it's into been the good I mean I, I've always loved going to Buckland and uh, as I said before you know when I was able to do so I would go with my dad to, to Buckland well, you've, for... you've got a Buckland scarf I, 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 well my, it was my dad's Buckland yeah. scarf. However, this is the story because I used to write about Buckland obviously all the time and you know, during the, yeah, yeah, during. <laughs> what am I trying to say here? I used to, I still yeah. do, yeah. I still yeah. do. But um, uh, I used to, when when we had more space in the sports pages is what I was trying to say carefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very diplomatic. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would write about Buckland a lot more, and. Um, I went to get a Buckland scarf and hat for my dad one Christmas. This would be about four or five years, well, three years, four, four years ago. And the chairman, John, John Piller, um, gave it to me for free for doing the, uh, for, for, for the work in the paper, which was lovely. Nice That's gesture. the kind of club yeah. they are. Yeah, and it was good to see the scarf still getting an airing. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it hangs on a, on a, on a hook in my, in my, uh, my office, so, uh, yeah. Excellent. 
so that I mean thank you very much for your time again this week this has been a, a podcast with much football to talk about but plenty to look forward to talking at Altrincham on Saturday mm-hmm. home to Solihull Moors Tuesday we'll see you there 7.45 kickoff at Plainmore wrap up warm yeah absolutely and yeah it's uh, going to be a cold one it's going to be a cold one Let's hope for some. When points. I turn up without the gloves and without the hat <laughs> and and uh, a skimpy coat, you'll just look at me and go. There you go. You'll be. Dream- you were warned. You'll be dreaming of a nice warm hotel room with Lubos Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> I I can hear the the, the flames licking round. <laughs> little, the- little 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 glass of whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. On that bombshell, we'll leave somewhere you somewhere in Eastern uh, Europe. <laughs> we'll leave you in the time-honoured fashion with. Come, Come on, on you, you yeah. I managed to do it this time. Good man. Bye.